You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. It's the Land of Legacy hunting podcast. Coming to you right here on the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network. Matt and I are really excited going into 2018. You know, last year, if you've listened to our land and habitat management podcast, we have a lot of cool things going on. But as we're doing that, there's a lot of things that we're doing that are very hunting focused and things that we can think about right now or be doing right now to make sure that this coming fall we're successful and safe and that is the biggest key word in that is safe and it's all about tree stand preparation for the upcoming fall it's funny we have an hour plus or minus 15 minutes or so that we give ourselves for the habitat podcast but then we we're just not done talking or sharing at that point and and usually there's these tips and, and techniques that we could talk about or elaborate on but the habitat's so intense that we really needed to take this step forward um, and this week's podcast is a perfect example of that um, talking about getting tree stands blinds everything ready for season as everyone thinks about I feel like as turkey season winds down some places just kicking up but you're like oh my gosh this lull of between spring turkey season though it's it's four months five months till deer season but that time flies by and and if you have a busy calendar or plan out um, preparations for fall it gets here very quick very quick and I, and I tried to in this time, stage of my life to never like wish my life away to where it's like man I wish it was deer season I wish it was turkey season to where I mean we're just blowing through the summer not even really focusing on it but there's so much we can do right now and and they always say devil's in the details and so doing those little details preparing for season right now can help you punch more tags this fall and I mean, we're all about that. So Darn right. there's a definitely something, one of the big things you can be doing right now is preparing tree stands. Whether that, that goes as far as, let's say you're a public ground hunter and you're trying to prepare season or prepare tree stands for the season is there's a lot of maintenance you can be doing. Checking the, checking the nuts, checking the bolts, checking the nylon washers, making sure those seats aren't squeaky, oiling down those seats with some, some, Unscented, oil, yep. unscented oil. Um, if you're one of those packing guys, there's a bunch Running of gun different, and white tail hunters. different things you can do. 
Um, but we're mainly focusing this podcast on the tree stands that are already in the field or will be in the field a majority of the time. Well, and not just the tree stands, but a lot of the other safety equipment that goes into it or the blinds. Yeah, and, and even if you are one of those running gun guys, this is the time to scout and trim lanes and sets that you're like your old reliables um and and do that again in a safe manner of course but um prepare those in preparation for season so if you're you're a guy who's got the, all the maps and all your dots and everything spend some time traveling to those and preparing those or you know you're going to be hunting um this coming fall that's a great thing to do but and, and i think of like there's a lot of things you know here in the south is full-blown green full canopy oh yeah we're almost already to that here in in southern missouri in a matter of two weeks it's not going to take long and the northern states are going to be there so a lot of that sign and stuff is starting to really get covered up as far as it's so green tougher to see it's tougher to see but the benefit to that is there's that big growing period where a lot of those shooting lanes or limbs and things that are growing in our shooting lanes are already now out to where we know what we need to trim. Mm-hmm. And so if we can trim these sets now, you're saving yourself from trimming those sets in July when it's 110 degrees. Oh, no doubt about that. And, this, and the ticks are much worse. And so don't I... Even, don't even mention chiggers in August. Ugh. Don't even get there. Ugh. Seed ticks. I, I No thank you. And so this is the time that I really like to trim our tree stands. Trim out shooting lanes. Get the... Just trim up around the around the tree stand so they're still comfortable to sit in. There's not oh, little yeah. sticks and little limbs growing. So it's this is time to get those those stands trimmed back out to where you can do all kinds of disturbance and know that you have months for the deer to get conditioned back to those changes. And and that's one of those things where if you hang a set in late summer, even during hunting season, I never want to trim out what it actually needs because I don't want to make that drastic change of a deer is walking through and all of a sudden there's this boom, there's this overload of scent. There's this overload of uh, new vegetation on the ground, vegetation on the ground or new sunlight on the ground. And it just doesn't feel right. And they're uncomfortable to where they avoid that area the rest of the season. I don't want to do that. Even just go through like they'll skirt it. that's, That's really frustrating to have a deer that's approaching, coming through an area, freezes and, and diverts around this area that you've basically prepared to harvest, but you create too much of a disturbance. Um, so that's why this time is preferred by us to make those changes. The sign is still there. It's leaving. But go in. Maybe it's a new set. Completely just trim it out. Get it so ready for, for season. Um, preemptively trim, knowing that, yeah, most of the stuff is leafed out, but you might grow up. It might grow up, you know, another two inches or something like that. It's, it's just, again, like we talked about, devil is in the details, and this is a perfect time of the year to take advantage of that. Absolutely, and I think, and even trimming out some lanes to where you make your trails to the stand much easier. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking full-blown roads back in there, but I'm just talking about cutting out the treetops that blown over during the winter months or during the ice storms to where you have a much easier path in. This is also a great time to... Find the best route to your tree stand. Now, you may That's think you true. already found one, but look at the lay of the land and find those little topography changes. Maybe you need to, instead of walking side skirt in the hill, you need to dive down in the ditch and use that ditch to keep yourself even lower in the terrain to where there's a less likely of a chance of getting silhouetted um, and disturbing deer as your way in. So try to find the absolute best way to get in, get 
to and from your tree stand. And don't underestimate that fact of getting in and out cleanly. Um, those trails, those paths, the the direction in which you which you choose um, is really really important and can allow you to come back to that stand and hunt it successfully time and time again. If you've chosen the, it's not always a direct path. It yeah. is the most important thing. If you leave your truck or you leave the corner of a field, the edge of a field, if you're walking a dead straight line to your trees in every single time, um, there might be another way to go about it that's going to perf- that's going to allow you to be uh, more concealed as you're leaving. And um, not every this is the other thing is not every entrance strategy to that stand is your exit strategy. Yeah, I, I, and, and almost that's a whole other little hunting podcast that we could do is is uh, tree stand access. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of times where the trail we take to get to the stand is not the same trail we take to leave the stand. Big time. Because we're not, the deer will be coming from two different directions. Uh, we, w- that's the plan. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and so if if they're in a field on a big crop field or destination plot, we want to use a different route, but then turn around and, and use another route to get back out of there because the deer aren't going to be in the same place whenever the hunt's over. So that's important. That's another podcast we'll cover someday. Um, but getting those trails cleared out to where, as far as you're focusing mainly on the limbs, the tree limbs, to where you can walk through without having to do the, I hate the hunker down, hunchback walk in the dark to where you're like, I know there's a limb here. Mm, you're uh, just waiting for it to poke you in the eye <laughs> yeah. or or whip your cold ear. That's oh. my, that's my, like, honestly, that one just aggravates me. Yeah. I say bad words in my head when that happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, it's like getting your ear clicked. Yeah. yeah. So it's that's just definitely a little something you want to do um, to make sure that you have a clean and uh, clean enter and exit. Um, another thing this time of year it's also important to do is um, checking in on your seat cushions, your straps. Um, there's so many nylon things, or um, when it comes to the cushions, doggone it, those pesky squirrels are a pain get in the nuisance. So. Uh, you want to make sure that you've checked those seats, make sure they're still there. And and here is my, uh, this is what I've always tried to do if I have time, is take the seat cushions down after season and then put them back up m- this time of year and prepare just because it's only for a few months, but it's that few months of the year where where I've had the most seats get chewed up and I it's, always it's return. cold in it's January, exactly. February, and, March, and and uh, the leaves are now on the ground, so they're looking for other stuff to kind of tweak to their to their nest or in their tree, and so they're pulling out cotton and all that stuff that Padding. Ma- makes it a really comfortable seat. It makes yeah. a really good bed for them. The so, sort of mattress up there in that yeah. tree. <laughs> so you want to make sure that you uh, you check that stuff. And another kind of key component is making sure there's no wasp nest over the next. Mm-hmm this little period of time there's going to be wasps being built up so i i uh how you're not a fan of bees anything that flies or buzzes around your head you will jump out of a tree to escape it yes i do not like i've been stung so many times checking tree stands and that usually happens later in the summer so if you do your tree stand maintenance now you can avoid that big problem so do you remember that time that we we're hanging uh, a set. As already in my head. Yep. And it was in that big old fork at post oak. Yep. Big and old I hole started right there in the up center. In there, and I got almost the top. And I'm like, this sounds like bees. And then I look up and there was that big old wad of bees in the fork of that tree. And they were down yep. in that. Oh, that was just a disaster. And yep. uh, 
I, I can't. We left and came we back several came days back. later, yeah. and they were gone. And we rehang. Yep. Oh, but yeah, that's just it's just one of those things you can avoid those big problems. Hopefully, if if you go ahead and take care of your stands right now, get them in a stand, scout, get or get them in the trees, get your trails all cut out, um, get your lanes all cut out to where you can do more disturbance now because you know that deer are going to get conditioned to it, and that kind of goes with. I don't ever want to go in and trim out the stand or trim out my lanes all in one big, just monster blown out. <sighs> Lord said, That's let like there be light. And there was tight deal, deal where drop. you have this huge shooting lane out of nowhere. I kind of always, if I know I need a big shooting lane, I'm going to go in the first year and make it pretty good. The next year, make it even a little bit better. And then third year, try to get it to where I want it. Um, and try not to do this huge amount of change all in one one big cutting one one afternoon the, of the work. The thing, deer know when they're exposed. They know when they're in the open. They know when they're in the cover. Um, especially if they hear a noise, whether that tree stand creaks a little bit. Like They know the direction, and if they're exposed, they're going to be very, very on edge, and that's when you get those shots that, you know, I was on them, but it just dropped. It just, you know, it just it dropped. You know, they, they sense that they know that, um, the, so it goes all the way down to, um, having the right shooting lanes, but, you know, getting your working your way to them, um, and not just leveling it and saying, okay, I'm expecting them to come here, here. It's going to work perfect. Um, every single time it's probably not. If you have that, that mindset or going and do that much, um, that much work. And I, I think cover from limbs that are closer to you whether it's backing cover or those ones that are just a little bit further out something to break up um the deers as they're looking up just just that outline that shape but it's blocking your your face some or those those movements you're gonna make um i don't get all too mad at those limbs like i I know at some point you know that that limb is probably going to benefit me more than it's going to hurt me and that's a that's a good question to ask yourself as you are trimming or having someone else trim on the ground for you um which is another tip always take someone else because if you're climbing in and out of that stand you'll wear yourself out a younger somebody that you outrank yeah yeah that way you can say no i really need to be in the tree stand i I just gotta make sure i'm i I, I gotta make sure that when he i I know where he walks (laughs) or you (laughs) use the excuse of you're not as particular as i am so i'm going up there and, you wouldn't uh, trim as much as I would. Yeah. So um, that that's definitely something that you need to do. Is That that would be the best thing is hang the set, somebody get in the tree, another guy on the ground with a big sharp pole saw and can just let it rip and, and get it cut. And I, that goes with, when you're talking about those trees and those limbs to leave. It goes, I would much rather hang in a stand that has a bunch of limbs, a wolfy tree, than a... Uh, a telephone pole tree to where I just go up there. And, th- and that's why I always liked hang on tree stands better than climbers. Uh, you can situate them and put them in, in among limbs. And, um, I, I think that is super ideal for, for the instance that we just talked about is to break up your outline. If you have deer that are coming in, you feel a little bit exposed in late winter. You can almost like shimmy back into a nook and feel like you're disappearing. Um, yeah. and, and that seriously does help it. I don't have to do the squinty eye thing where they yeah. look up and I close my eyes and I'm like trying to look through my eyelashes. Like, are they are they still looking? Or, or, I can put that limb in my face or kind of lean around and make sure that I'm, my my outline is broke up. I, I feel like you know as you're 
especially if it's like a non-target, you're standing um, out there typically towards the end of your stand. But if, if those non-target animals are coming by and you've got your seat, I fold up that seat and place myself, tuck myself all the way back against that tree as much as I can to basically help blend myself in, no silhouette from really any angle, and go that direction um, rather than having myself stick out um, past that, that tree. So having those branches is, is a huge benefit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's just, you get that with, over time, you've, you know, early on I cut out too much. And then now I'm like, I try to cut the bare minimum just because I want to have more cover. I want to feel more secure than anything. So, um, it's finding that happy medium where you can get shots, but not expose yourself too much. Mm -hmm. So, um, safe lines. That's another good one. Another really important thing to check this time of year. Once again, ideally you would like to remove those right after hunting season and then bring them back out. Um, now and get and as you start to get ready for season um just thing, because they get chewed on just as much as everything else mm -hmm. and especially um those little uh the actual knot that goes up and down the that's slides. the ones, the little yeah. slides that's the ones that really get chewed Prusik on Prusik knot yeah. yeah and so um be checking all those making sure they're still in great shape check them all the way around the back of the tree make sure uh a squirrel hasn't chewed halfway it's through them. And still, your your knot is going to hold. It'd be a bad day if you if you slide up there and have an accident and you start to slide and as you're as it's catching you, it snaps <laughs> because of some squirrel. Yeah. And oh, so check those. Great butchy tail. Now the biggest, one hundred percent, most. I mean, the one that gets overlooked so much is checking those ratchet straps on oh, the tree yeah. stand and making sure that as your tree grows, that you're loosening those straps up and giving it room giving it room to breathe to where they don't start growing in the tree hurting the tree or tightening up so much to where they they're almost like a you have to cut a, them a out. banjo string to where yeah. if a squirrel chews on them they're just ping. ready to just ping I, I don't think there's honestly been a property that we've consulted on that we don't find a stand that's grown into a tree and just has been there you know for years and years and years abandoned left but we find those all the time. All the time. Uh, oh, we saw one this week. Mm -hmm. where, yeah, Monday. Uh, yeah, I almost, I look at it and I say, I bet that tree would hold us. And it's not even a chain. It's just grown into It's just grown so far into that. Yeah. hold us. Sucked in those, those clamps. Yeah. And so check those straps. Make sure they're... And that, I mean, this is my honest product review here. That's why I like those little ratchet straps more than I like those cinch straps or whatever they're yeah. called. Just because... A ratchet strap, we can at least pop it loose and, and then tighten it back up, while those other ones tend to get a little stiffer, um, a little harder to break loose uh, once they've been in a tree for a couple of years. So, uh, And a lot of times I've had to end up cutting them oh, yeah. and then going to get another ratchet strap and putting it on there. So keep that in mind, too. Check those ratchet straps to make sure they're good and safe. And if there's only one strap on there, Go buy another one and put like, it on there. I like there. the little extra insurance. You got to. I mean, I, we don't. We don't. We're not like big guys, but I always feel safer climbing into a stand with two ratchets versus one oh, in a cinch, and, and not for a couple of reasons. I've had times where climbing into one one strap stand, it feels like that platform tries to wiggle around, yep. and then the other thing is if that one strap breaks, 
it, it's like this. I'd much rather fly in a twin engine plane or yeah. a, a plane with multiple engines than a single engine. And uh, I don't, I don't mind heights. I'm not by any means scared of stands or anything like that. But hey, if I can, if I can make it a little bit safer, I'm absolutely gonna do it. Um, another thing that we haven't talked about yet is is a blind situation and um specifically like the the redneck blinds we like to take the covers off of those yep. blinds turkey, after season turkey season is now over yep so we're going to take them off and leave them leave them out for a few months and then put them back in um probably a month or so later in the summer that yep. that is a little bit of a difference for us is we like to put those blind covers back on and, and, and later in the summer you can do that we're we can afford to do that because of the the um Russian straps and everything that that's on there. Absolutely, you know so, they've got that new the burlap side one mm-hmm. to where uh, you know it's great for cut cornfields, great for native grass fields. It's great anywhere. Honestly, you can put so limbs many, on it; it just disappears. There's yeah. so many straps to to hide to attach brush to, so um, they get accustomed to it like that. What about so fiberglass? Quick. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there is a little bit of maintenance that you can do on those. We'll mm-hmm. cover that later, but. Um, so we're making sure that we have we have uh, cut out our shooting lanes. We've checked our straps on our tree stands. We have checked the the pull up row or the our our. Oh my gosh, what am I looking for here? Our safety line. Safe line. That's it. That's what I'm looking for. We're checking our safe line, and uh, we're just making sure everything's prepped and ready to go. That way, I don't have to return very much when the chiggers. And the seed ticks, and the heat is really bad. Um, I can shoot fireworks off and enjoy Fourth of July, and I'll have to go out and put in my tree stands. So you can work on trail cameras instead. So mm-hmm. that's definitely something that we're going to do this time of the year is tree stand prep, getting ready for deer season. Don't overlook it because I promise you in July and August hit here, you are not going to want to be doing it. You're going to say, man, I wish I'd have done this earlier in the summer. So we're telling you now. So you can't say that we didn't tell you. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, the fiberglass blinds too. We talked about that maintenance, and and a lot of that can be preemptive, preventative maintenance of um, wasps and and other yep. flying bees and and everything like that 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 Make might want to nest on those little eaves. Um, and Redneck Spray has some out. new Redneck Outdoors has some new things to go with those blinds. There's mm-hmm. some new little attachments to like the visor. Put, change change <clears throat> out the uh, put a visor. Change out the window gasket. Mm-hmm. Make sure all the windows are sealed yeah. um, and attached to clamped correctly. That will help prevent any insects from getting in there. Right, right. Um, that's one of the biggest things that I see with Redneck fiberglass is people not closing the windows correctly and it's so easy it's so easy but it's like ah there's there's four clamps on there i'll just do two nope do them all do them all so uh, that's another big thing is is making sure you've prepped your blinds and prepared them for season as well or cleaned them up from deer Mm -hmm. season Mm -hmm. getting out food wrappers or anything like that to to attract mice or anything like that so um those are some of the biggest things cleaning those windows too because sometimes you can have if you do have a cracker or something in there um, in in the windows over time, you might get some stuff built up, and and by deer season, you want a crystal clear, because um, a lot of people are wanting to hunt out of those things and keep those windows locked and shut down. Um, That's one of and, the best and, parts about them. Yeah. So you know, it, you want to be able to see through that glass. You want to be able to film if you need to film through that glass, and and 
keeping those things uh, shined up and cleaned is perfect. Perfect Absolutely. time to do it. Yep. And that pretty well. I don't have anything else, Matt. You got anything I, else? I think I wanted to. We always wanted to keep these a little bit short. Really cover. Yeah. Um, really cover just the keynotes and about hunting strategies and stories. And you know, we're coming up into an important part of the season preparation, and that's our summer prep and and, and, and inventory gathering. <laughs> um, specifically, like you know, using Deer Lab that software program to build hit list to take inventory of what is out there. Those antlers are already growing right now, but they're going to start taking shape and start being able to uh, identify unique bucks. And that really that window, that time frame is, is weeks away. Exactly. And there's not, and I mean, we're already seeing pictures of a buck starting to develop antlers and, and building, not just using the deer lab, but building an inventory. For example, there's a lot of states, there are getting to be a lot of states where you can't use mineral and attraction. So mm-hmm. how do you get to build a hit list if you can't use mineral? Well, it, there's a lot of things you can do. A lot of things. And, and actually, if, if you're interested in that too, at the QDMA National Convention, there is an entire presentation devoted to scientific projects devoted to the unbaited trail camera surveys and the accuracy of them, and you will be extremely surprised at how well those populations have been documented with unbaited sites. So that may be something you're interested in, some some techniques, some advantages to that if you're in an area that you can't bait. Um, be looking for that or, or join us there at QDMA, the National Convention in New Orleans. New Orleans. Yep. Anyway, Matt. We're keeping it short. We're keeping it would brief. Would you rather... But- Oh, we'll just carry oh, that oh, over. Oh, oh, oh. It's been pretty really popular on our other one, so let's use it on this one. So, would you rather hmm hang on tree stand with the stacking sticks? Let's say you're going you're going to hunt public ground. Would you rather carry a light hang on tree stand? I'm going to take you one step further. I'm going to say you're hunting public land in home state of Virginia, would you rather take a light set of stacking sticks and a light hang-on stand or a really light, simple climber? <clears throat> great, great question. Um, Virginia is habitat. It's trees. They've got tulip poplars. They've got pine. They've got oaks. Um, and, and their oaks are quite a bit different Um Typically, their growth, unless it's a one right along a tree, you know, field edge, you can use a climber in those. But I'm still going to go with a hang-on and a light setup with a hang-on tree stand just for the fact of I can put that really, I can find a way to, to make a, a hang-on work. And I, and I don't want to sacrifice the right spot because the right tree isn't there. I'm going with a light hang-on. Um, but honestly, in pretty in vague that, area, and so I kind of yeah. threw you to fed you the wolves because who knows? I mean, you could be hunting pine plantations, and yeah, go, it's very possible. I wish, I wish I had a climber. Mm-hmm. It's very because that, you're stuck very, at 15 foot because uh-huh. you don't want to carry any more stacking sticks. Uh, what I would probably do <clears throat> is make sure I have a safe line, and then extend those those steps out just a little bit further and, and try and half pull up and a climb at the same time just to get that extra five foot. Uh, but Because uh, that yeah. sounds safe. <laughs> I said I had a safe line. <laughs> um, uh. <clears throat> ooh, would you rather, Adam? Um, 
Would you rather... I think I've asked you the, the whole blind situation before, blind tree stand situation. Would you rather hunt out of a redneck bale blind overlooking a red clover field, like a, a red clover pasture, yeah. um, or would you rather be hunting a ghillie blind in a kill plot tucked against some cedars? Uh the ghillie blind. You like the ghillie? I like the ghillie window system better than the bale blind. Yeah. And, and that's just personal preference. Um, but I I would much rather be on a, like a little small kill plot than than a big monster. And my brother's probably a little bit shocked right now. Cause I'm sure he, he'd be the, what? The what rule of that thumb, boy? The rule of thumb for me has always been I want to see the longest distance I can. And mm-hmm. That way, even when I go back to camp, I can say I saw this many deer, even though they were a half mile away. Right. But I don't know. I just like, it probably comes down to, uh, the size of the plot and then the, and then the window situation on the redneck gilly. So that's me. But anyway, what about you? It really doesn't Ooh. matter. I mean, we're both going to probably, I mean, uh, it's six, one way, half a dozen. Uh, another. I it could just... make either one work. Yeah, absolutely. And both work fantastic. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or our website, and uh, leave us a comment. Hopefully on on uh, and a review on Facebook or on Stitcher or iTunes at the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network. Um, leave us a review. Make sure you write something land and legacy so we know what's about us, and uh, it's really helpful. So. Hopefully this podcast was helpful for you and motivates you to get out now and not wait till the heat of the dog days of summer to go start trimming tree stands. So as always, be safe out there, and uh, we will catch you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to another episode of Land and Legacy's Hunting and Habitat Management Podcast. If you like what you hear, check us out at landandlegacy.tv. You can submit a viewer question right there, and we're answering the podcast, or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Feels pretty good knowing that from the beginning of time, God has called us to be a caretaker, a gamekeeper, a manager of the land. So with that being said, don't you think we should do it all for the love of the land and the glory to God?